Welcome to the Inside Slant Podcast. Inside Slant Podcast. Brought to you by JayhawkSlant.com. Shay, where do you rank Bill Self's class? It's definitely one of the top 10 classes in the country. Bringing you all the latest info from the coaches, players, and recruits. Kirby, how big is this commitment? Well, he's the type of recruit that can change the whole class. For all of the latest KU news, analysis, and discussion, go online to JayhawkSlant.com. The online leader in recruiting and team coverage. Here's the staff from JayhawkSlant.com. Hey everybody, this is Randy Withers. Welcome into another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We have a lot to cover with you today. The Jayhawks find themselves in unfamiliar territory as the men's basketball program heads into the middle of February now, two games out of first place in the Big 12 race. We're three weeks away from spring football starting. We'll get you caught up and look ahead to the 2024 season as well as kind of a preview of the spring practice season. And we have a very special guest as Kansas football running back Devin Neal joins us to talk about the upcoming season and his decision to return to Lawrence for his senior senior year. Before we get into that, let me go ahead and bring him a man on the men's basketball beat, Shay Wildeboer. Shay, how you doing this evening, man? Here, man. I'm good. I'm surviving. I'm, I'm starting to, I know it's going to sound crazy. I'm starting to wear down a little bit. It's been a long month. Um, obviously, the Super Bowl run was cool. Camper Evan, ACL surgery, basketball, the ups and downs, the ebbs and flows. So, yeah, I'm a little... I'm I'm a little tired tonight, but I'm, I'm glad to be here, man. I'm I'm glad our guys won back to back. See if we can mm-hmm. get back to back to back. Um, yeah, no, man. I'm good, man. I'm good. Back in the slant slant studio, getting ready to churn out another podcast. Good to hear it. Good to hear it, man. And uh, let's go ahead and bring on our publisher, the man on the Kansas football beat, John Kirby. J.K., how are you? Doing well, guys. I know we were talking before we uh, fired up the microphones. It's kind of a weird deal doing this podcast after seeing what happened down there at the parade and everything. And, you know, mm-hmm. we're recording within about an hour of, of a lot of the fresh news. And it's just kind of surreal just to watch some of that stuff and see what everybody's going through. And, you know, it sucks. It, John, it do you remember when, John, John, do you remember when you were a kid when we would leave our front doors open, unlocked? Like as yeah. kids? Yeah, yeah, I do. Yeah, hey, you, you did. If you, you do that now, you wake up. I mean, it's just amazing how how the the script is flipped. Hey, Shay, and, I'll tell you what you you just said. You just reminded me of a funny story. So I'm in high school. I go to Shawnee Mission East, right? I'm I I live in Prairie Village. Mm-hmm. I used to keep my keys under the car mat when I go inside. Right. So I, I'd come oh, home. Wow. Leave the keys under the car mat. I go inside. My dad kept telling me, "Hey." Don't leave your keys under the mat, okay? Uh-huh. I think I, we had a doubleheader. We had a baseball game, and I got home late, and I put the keys under the mat. It was like a Friday. So Saturday morning, my dad wakes me up, and he goes, hey. He says, where's your car? I said, it's out front. He goes, your car's not out front. So I get up. I run outside. It's not out front. He goes, you better get on the phone and call Prairie Village Police Department and find out, you know, if they've found it or whatever. So I call up there. They get me to some officer guy on the phone and he says, yes, we've got a car matching that description here in the lot. You need to come up and claim it. 
So I go, oh my God, they got my car. So my dad goes, all right, I'll take you up there. So I get up there. I go in the Prairie Village Police. I remember looking at my dad going, you know, are you coming in? He goes, no, just go in, take care of everything, get your car. So I go in and this officer just reads me the riot act, man. Like <laughs> he like, what are you doing? Leaving your keys under the mat. He's like, do you know how stupid that is and everything? And I'm thinking this guy's just all over me. I'm thinking, okay, I'm never going to do that again. Well, come to find out my friggin' dad drove the car to the police office. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> to teach me a lesson. Right. Wow. And I didn't, I didn't find out till like a month later that he did that, but Hey, Point well taken, but what Shay just said about leaving the front door open. Yeah, I used to leave my keys <laughs> under the under the mat of my car. Mr. Kirby, hey, Mr. Kirby, don't play. No, he no, did man. not play. He did not play. Wow, <laughs> it's it's crazy. I was I was down there today. Luckily, um, I was not at the rally portion. I went to the parade, and when after it passed by, hung out some in the crossroads. Was over at Casual Animal Brewing Company in the brick, and um you know, heard sirens, but just kind of thought, you know, that's the aftermath of the parade. You know, you live in KCMO, you're used to hearing sirens. It wasn't any big deal. And then I get to my car and I get in, turn on the radio and turn to 810 to listen to stuff. And the, they start, they're talking about shots fired and, and people, potential injuries. And, you know, I immediately, I look at the radio because I'm in disbelief and, you know, it's 204 and I'll probably never forget that. But yeah, just, just a really scary day. I know one of my, uh, one of my old friends that I went to high school with and worked with at one point, um, somebody was shot right beside her wow. and oh, she man. and her son were almost, they almost got trampled. Uh, but she said a, a great big guy, uh, like, helped got them over by a wall and kind of shielded them. And I mean, it's, it's wild. I just, you know, my heart goes out to anybody that is, that is, is hurt or had a loved one that they're trying to find out what's going on with, or, you Mm -hmm. know, the family of the, the one person that passed away. It's just, it's, it's terrible that a day like that, that was so perfect, so beautiful. And was, you know, I heard it described really kind of as a love letter to Kansas city for it to end the way that it did is just, it's terrible. Just absolutely heartbreaking. I know. I, as we started this up, Randy, I, you know, they keep coming on the news and they keep changing, you know, the numbers keep changing and the story seems like it keeps changing. And I don't Mm -hmm. know where it's going to end up, but I heard him just say that maybe there's like a third person now detained and the numbers up to 22 being treated at the hospital. So, I mean, it's, 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 uh, Mm. It's it's not good, man. Bad, bad, bad situation. It is. It is. Well, let's let's try to talk about a few things at least for a little bit to give something give people a little something else to to think about right now and on a difficult evening here in the area. Um, not necessarily a real exciting topic right now, Shay. But as I said in the intro, it it feels really weird to say that the Jayhawks are two games out of first and trailing several teams in this Big Twelve race. Um, when you look at it, it's surprising to the fan base because Bill Self has almost made it made it really has made everybody spoil us all. And then you look at a 19 and six record and think, what's going on? I mean, the perspective, it's 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 crazy. What do you think? 
You know, I look at all the issues aside from the health are correctable issues. You know, you're you're up what sixteen or eighteen at, at Central Florida. Um, you've got a double digit lead at West Virginia. Um, you've got a double digit lead at K State, and you you got to learn how to close games. I mean, I mean that's there is no reason that you go on the road in Florida, build an eighteen point lead, and, and lose that game. I mean, that's just that's not that's not Bill South basketball. Um, so, so, so yeah, listen, tur- the turnovers to me, um, you can live with turnovers, but the unforced careless turnovers continue to kill this team. Um, missed free throws, layups, bunnies. Um, obviously, you know, Kevin McCullough's not feeling well um, with the bone bruise. Jamari um, McDowell's been sick with the flu. Johnny Furphy hasn't been his normal self. I mean, you know, at one point there was a five-game stretch where I think he was averaging like 17 and a half points a game, 8.5 rebounds. Um, a combination, you know, Nick, Nick Timberlake and El Marco Jackson haven't necessarily played up to what many people believed. Um, and, 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 and I haven't talked about this on the board and I won't, but they had the, a, a player that was dismissed that was really going to make a big difference. Um, mm-hmm. You know, you have Marcus Adams who signed with KU, uh, backed out of his uh, letter of intent. You had Chris Johnson. So I, I think it's a combination of things, man. The, the, the thing that this team has to do, um, first thing, you got to get healthy. Yeah, you, you got to get Kevin back. Uh, you know, you got to get Dewan better. Um, you got to get Johnny Furphy back on track. The thing that this team has to do is stay the course, not get frustrated. Because I've seen, and I don't know if you guys have seen this, the body language, maybe the last three or four games, hasn't been uh-huh. normally what it is. Guys are frustrated. Um, you know, they're not getting calls. And, I, and, and, and Bill made an interesting point the other night about that. You know, I think he's frustrated, quite frankly. You know, I, I think that his guys, if you look – I would encourage anybody to go look. I think Hunter Dickinson averages three or four free throws a game. When he and KJ are under the basket um, and they're being aggressive, those guys are getting hacked and nothing's getting called. And I think, you know, Bill Self had enough the other night, got ejected, kept looking at the official. I believe he's saying it was a joke. You know, the way the officials are handling this game, because when you get to the NCAA tournament, it'll be completely different. So they got to get healthy. They got to stay the course. Everything they want is still within reach. Um, the, the one thing you can't do now is you can't let two become three, three become four, and four become five. You know, I was looking at the Big 12 format the other day. This year it starts on Tuesday and runs through Saturday. I believe the top four teams, I think, get uh, a buy into the quarterfinals. So if, if for some reason KU slips out of that, um, you know, they, I think they would get a buy the first day but not the second day. And this is a team with really seven guys that needs as much rest as possible. So you, so you got to stay the course, man. It's, it, it, I, I understand the frustration, um, but if people are frustrated, if KU fans are frustrated, imagine how Bill feels, or imagine mm-hmm. how, um, you know, Nick Timberlake feels with how he's playing, or you know, Hunter Dickens in the last five games. So yeah, I just, you know, Bill Self over time has proven what he's capable of doing, and I expect that this will be the case again this year. They're just they're going through a rough stretch, man. Everybody, it happens to everybody. And you say that though, Randy, and you, you go and look at look at the teams they've beaten. I mean, look mm-hmm. at the team, Kentucky. Uh, the win over Houston. Houston. Um, UConn. Tennis, mm-hmm. uh, Tennessee. Um, you know, on and on. Uh, Kentucky. So, yeah, um, I, I just think they have to be patient. KU fans are so used to immediate success and not stumbling that, I mean, it's a frustrating time. It is. I understand it, man. I think it weighs on all of us. Um, you know, Shay. So, yeah, you just, you just stay the course and um, keep doing what you're doing and, um, you know, get this team healthy. Get some bodies back and see what happens. And you know, we've followed 
what has gotten us to this point, Shay, but what are the key factors that you see for this team? I know you say stay the course, but, uh, you know, what are some specifics for this team that they've got to do moving forward in your right, opinion? You, you have to get help. I mean, it's broken record. you got to get healthy. You know, mm-hmm. Kansas the other night at, at Texas Tech, um, you know, they had one guy go go for, what, 30 points or 28 points that averaged nine points a game, was 12 to 12 from the field, four or four from behind the arc. And Hunter said this great. Hunter said this great. Somebody asked him during the postgame, you know, what was the difference? And he's like, they played Kansas. You know, everybody gets riled up for us. I mean, everybody. Um, but, you know, they, they, it's, they're playing on uneven, uh, you know, an uneven field right now. They got to get healthy. Um, you know, you got to limit the turnovers. You have to, especially on the road. Um, you have to learn how you have to learn how to close games out. They're up 11 at K State with like 18 minutes to go, and just completely fell apart. Fell apart. Mm-hmm. I think K State went on a 14-0 run. So you go up, you up 11, down three. Um, I think just little things, man. I, and here's, here's another thing too. Like a lot of these guys are playing just for the, for the first time together. I mean, you got Hunter that's new. Or you got Nick Timberlake that's new. You got Johnny Furphy that's new. Um, you know, so a lot of these guys, as crazy as it sounds, are still getting accustomed to each other. You know, Johnny didn't arrive till late. Um, so I, th- I think, listen, the game day crew was here Saturday in Lawrence, and they said that Kansas has the best starting five in college basketball. And I agree with that when they're healthy. I mean, you go, you go back and look and at And that's a big that, caveat, right? Right, there. right. You, 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 you have to stay healthy. Um, and, and also, you guys, you got to get a little bit of luck. I mean, that's just, you know, you look at the, the 08 title team, down eight with, what, two and a half or two minutes to go, whatever it was, down 15 to Carolina. Um, sometimes you just got to get lucky. And, and you know, the teams are gearing up for Kansas this season like they have been before. I mean, you know, you got guys coming out that have hit four threes all, all season, and all of a sudden they're hitting four or five threes in one game against Kansas. So just patience, um, you know, limit the turnovers, take care of the basketball, um, you know, be aggressive. I like to see Hunter be a little, and I don't know if if Hunter is is maybe a little banged up too, and just not talking about it. He just hasn't looked himself lately. Um, you know, you lose a guy like McCullough, who's your leader on and off the court. So yeah, just stay the course, man. Just get healthy. Uh, you know, I don't know. I, I I texted Coach, haven't heard back from him. I don't know if Kevin's practice this week. Um, you know, but that'll give us an indication if he's going to play or not on Saturday. Um, I I know Kansas fans want to win the Big Twelve, and I know how important it is, and and. Um, the camaraderie that goes along with that. But if they slip a few more times in order to get healthy, um, in order to get some rest, in order to get some bodies back and make that deep run, then I, you know, I think Coach will do that. I think he's going to do whatever he can to get these guys rest um, and, and be at their best at the most important time of the season. You know, we got a big road game against Oklahoma and then really a week off. Right. How big will that week off be to get this squad healthy and and get their legs back underneath them? Oh, it'll be huge. If you if you look at it, all five starters are averaging at least thirty minutes or more a game, and with very little relief. Very, I mean, a, a lot of people say, and I asked Hunter this the other day. A lot of people say these are young kids. You know, they should be. Listen, you guys, that's a grind. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's an absolute grind. Hunter said, I. I asked him. He said, you know, I don't feel young for a twenty-three year old. I mean, these guys' bodies take a pounding. They're doing this year round. So I, so I think, listen, if they can go in and find a way to beat Oklahoma and get that week off, I think that'll be wonders, for, do wonders for this team. Now I'm not saying a loss will, will create the opposite effect, but I think if you can go to Norman, get a win, get some rest, um, come back for the last, you know, four or five games of the regular season, um, you know, let the chips fa- fall where they may and see what happens. You know, I, I think, 
I think they need to go really have a good performance at Oklahoma because they just, you know, the Texas Tech game, it, it was all bad. I mean, it was mm-hmm. all bad. And I, I think the sooner they can erase that, the sooner they can get some of that confidence, that swagger. And it, To me, Randy, this doesn't look like a team that's having any fun. Oh, and I, I think agree it's completely. The, it's the, same, the same goes for the fan base. It's just not fun. But at the end of the day, you turn around and you say they're 20, 19 and six. Is that really? I mean, is it really bad? I mean, nineteen and six. I mean, it it, it could be a whole lot worse. Um, so yeah, I just you know get healthy, go 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 play a good road game in Norman, see what happens, and then get some rest for sure. Okay, Shay, give us the latest on what you're following from the recruiting trail. Yeah, they had Kansas had a five star uh, big man in this past weekend. Come on. Uh, I don't even Randy. I can't even pronounce his last name. Um, had a great uh, seven foot two, two hundred thirty five, thirty five pound center from NBA Academy Africa. Um, he's been to Duke, been to Kansas. I think he's either visited Kentucky after Kansas or he's at Kentucky now. Here's the thing, Randy. He had, a, he had. I talked to some people. He had a g- great visit. Loved it. You know, obviously Kansas is selling him on the program. Um, what they've done in the past with big men. I mean, you know, Joel Embiid. The list goes on and on and on. I think he's going to decide before Hunter Dickinson knows what he's going to do, or at least before he announces. Mm. Um, so I think that really just pretty much eliminates Kansas. To me right now, at the end, if you say, hey, you have to decide one way or the other, what are you saying? I think Hunter's coming back. I do. I just think that he has an opportunity with NIL, um, with another year. I'm under Coach Self. Um, he's having fun. He loves it in Lawrence. loves his teammates. Um, you know, come in with Flory. Won't necessarily have to play 38 minutes a game. Um, depending on what happens in March, maybe come back and, you know, maybe take care of some unfinished business. Um, so, yeah, I think it's going to be really hard um, for Kansas to land any big man, um, you know, with Hunter and with Hunter coming potentially coming back and then Flory coming in. That's our main Shea Wildeboer on the men's basketball beat. Shea, thanks for checking in with us tonight. All right, brothers, you guys have a good night and uh, go Chiefs. Yes, sir. That's Shea Wildeboer with the update on the Kansas Jayhawks. Now we're going to switch gears, bring in John Kirby and talk a little bit of Kansas football. Kirby signing day went pretty quietly last week, to be quite honest, since all the, the action really had happened in December. But I just want to go back over that high school class because you made the point yourself that it is, in your opinion, the best for the Jayhawks in the history of the rivals recruiting rankings. Yeah, you know, Randy Rivals was really the the first company to start putting those rankings together like that as a network a long time ago, back around 1999-2000. And that's, you know, and I know there was some discussion on the board today uh, about the grades that came out for the Big 12, and, and Kansas was given a B. And, and you know what? I would say B-plus is fair, okay? So it's not far off. Now, the, the problem with the ranking system is it's based on points. And to get more points, you got to get more commitments and more recruits. Mm-hmm. Well, Kansas had a small class this year. They used a few of the numbers for portal guys. So they didn't get to accumulate the points. But when you go look at their star rating, 3.24, that's the best high school star rating they've ever had in the history of their program with high school players. So, I mean, I love what they did uh, throughout the high school class. And then I want to bring in the portal too, because this is something that started slow. They got a few spots. Then, then we kind of got into worry mode. We got in the last seven to 10 days that were, that were open there where they could get guys. And they came in with, you know, Shane Bumgardner. They needed a center. He was the, the Remington award winner for division two. They got Javier Mm -hmm. Derrett who is a, a very talented defensive lineman that's going to be able to come in and 
play right away. And I feel they got Daryl Simmons, who started over 20 games at Iowa State. These are some guys they got late and closed with. And all of a sudden, it went from being a little worried about the portal to not quite as worried about the spots they had. So I think a lot of these portal guys are going to help. So overall, with the high school guys combined with the portal guys, very solid class. What's the latest in recruiting when we look ahead to the 2025? And and I can't even believe we're talking about the 2026 class at this point. Uh, But, you know, I know on the podcast you had said that things could slow down a little bit. What do you see happening there? Yeah, it has slowed down, man. I'm starting to go through some KU football withdrawal right now. I mean, you know, we, <laughs> yes. well, we haven't had a press conference. You know, Lance hasn't spoke to the media, you know, since since the bowl game, I believe. I bet okay? that doesn't bother him. Well, <laughs> right. So that's the that's the end of December. And then, you know, they come back, they finish up recruiting. And then after signing day, the coaches all get out of the office. Okay. Now, last year, Randy, spring football started at the end of February. I was told earlier, I thought I heard this, it would start the first couple weeks of March. So I'm going, okay, hey, we're getting there. Well, then I heard today spring football is not going to start practicing until after spring break. So so now, so we've got like four more weeks. Okay, I don't know what the calendar, how, how many more weeks. It feels like that would give us four more weeks until we actually get into some KU football. So, yeah, man, it, it's definitely slowed down. Uh, and plus, we're in a dead period. So coaches can't be on the road. Recruits can't be on campus. Uh, next week, I believe what you'll see is the coaches start coming off their, their vacations and time away here at the end of this week. So I think they're going to start firing back up on the phone and getting recruits, getting that, you know, getting that process going again. And then they'll have a junior day back on that first Saturday in March. So that'll give us something to look at. But on the 2025 class, you know, my focus really has been locally. And that's, uh, you know, Andrew Babalola, uh, mm-hmm. Kyle Kea. I wrote about him today from Wichita, Capen. He's a defensive end. Uh, Brock Heath, I still think they're very much in the hunt for Brock Heath. Dawson Merritt, talented linebacker from Blue Valley. Charlie Woldman, the defensive end from uh, DeSoto. I mean, there's some guys that are in that kind of that top 10 group that I think Kansas is going to be in fighting for until the end. You know, I know we've talked about Bryson Hayes, the receiver. Man, I'll tell you, they went hard after him. I'm not having a good feel, so... It's Lincoln Cure, the tight end out of Goodland, not not having the greatest field, and they've done a good job recruiting these guys. I, I just right now, I'm just not seeing it. Um, and then 2026, they're they're off to some you know good start on some 2026 guys. So one thing I'm looking at, Randy, and this will be interesting, and I, I they're going to have to figure this out here. Oh, I don't know, sometime probably you know before spring football kind of the new recruiting territories, right? So you've got Mm -hmm. some new coaches on staff. You've got some guys who've left the staff. So they're going to kind of have to retool some areas. Who's going to go to Arizona? Who's going to pick up Kansas City? You know, I mean, Jordan Peterson was doing some Texas. Do you send somebody down in his area? Who's that going to be? So I think it's going to be interesting to see what they do with the new recruiting territories. Maybe the biggest news this offseason, John, was Devin Neal announcing he would be returning to Lawrence for his senior season. Devin joins us now on the podcast. He's going to be on the studio line with John here in just a second to talk about his decision and expectations. 
heading into the 2024 campaign. We are joined by KU running back Devin Neal. Devin, how you doing? I'm doing good. How you doing? Man, I'm doing well. I, I've got to ask you, I was just came in from the outside, and I see 55 and sunny. And last week we had uh, Dan Fitzgerald, the baseball coach, on our podcast. And I know I talked to you about this last year, but what's it like for another spring now to come around? And I do you get the itch? Do you miss it? <laughs> I mean, every once in a while I start, you know, thinking – what it would be like to just continue playing. But, you know, at the end of the day, I, I feel like I made the best decision. And, you know, it's kind of cool being a fan of, you know, baseball and still going out watching games and, you know, still interacting with the guys on that side too, just not necessarily playing it. You know, Devin, I wanted to ask you this. Since since you've given up baseball, how much more has that helped you become a better football player? Yeah, I, just, I think it's helped me tremendously. Um, I've just been able to spend so much time honing in on my craft, you know, just focusing on the things that I need to get better at. And, you know, also with, you know, eating properly, with taking care of my body properly. And, you know, just those are the important things that go into this game. And, you know, I felt like beforehand I wasn't able to give my 100% to either sport. So um, just having that time really to just hone in has really been important for me and my process as a football player for sure. You know, for us in the media who cover college football, it's technically the off season because signing day's over and spring football hasn't started. But you guys are obviously in there working with Gildersleeve. J- just kind of talk about your goals yeah. in the off season training. Is there any? Is there anything specifically you're wanting to improve? And just take us through what workouts are like. Yeah, I mean, for me personally, um, I came back with you know a much bigger plan than you know even the year before and. You know, I really want to get down to, you know, the 12 to 14% body fat and um, just focusing on that, focus on getting faster, maintaining strength. And, you know, also there's another aspect of, you know, teaching the young guys, uh, the guys who just got in, Harry and Red, and, um, you know, still coaching them up to, you know, hit the, hit the ground running with our offense and learn everything that needs to. So, Hey, Devin, that was one of my questions I was going to ask you is, you know, the, the the fans listening haven't really seen Johnny Thompson and, and obviously Red and, and Harry and Stewart just got there. Yeah. What what have you seen from Johnny Thompson last fall being around him and so far from Harry and uh, and Red in the running back room? Yeah, I mean, from, I'll start with Johnny. And he, he's definitely – he's turned into a different guy. I mean, he's, he's all over the field leading, coaching. And, you know, you can really tell how much he wants it and, you know, hopefully, you know, guys like me, Daniel, Sevy, and, you know, Duff, who ended up leaving um, to do with his NFL draft is, you know, hopefully we've left a good impact with him showing him what's right and what's wrong and how to go about it the right way. And, you know, I think he's really learning, and I'm really excited to see him in the spring ball, how much he's progressed. And, you know, with Harry and Red, you know, they're, they're figuring out their own ways. They're figuring out their routine and what they need to do to be great. And they're also asking a ton of questions, which is super important in this process because, I remember what it was like when I was a freshman, you know, you kind of deer in the headlights, you don't really know what's going on. And, you know, it's really important for them just to soak it all in and just be a sponge for sure. You know, as we're in the off season and you already see people talking about next year, there's already a lot of pub, a lot of positivity around this roster going into next year. Just talk about Mm -hmm. the overall, just the atmosphere and the attitude of the change of the program. Now, as you guys go into next year, where all of a sudden you are expected to win. Yeah. I mean, for us, you know, our, our biggest thing, I wouldn't say it's concern, but our, our biggest worry is, you know, getting complacent. And, you know, as a team, we can't get to that state where we've done enough, you know, and sleeve hits it every day. And, 
you know, the leadership group of our team hits it every day. And, you know, I see a, a real, even deeper hunger than I have before. And uh, that, it's really important to see that because, you know, obviously we have the confidence and we know that we can win a Big 12 championship, but that's easier said than done. So we know we have to put in a ton more work than we did last year because eight, nine wins is just not enough for us anymore. And that's what we've turned this program into. And that, that's the special part about it too is the, you know, the pressure that we get um, now that, you know, we've got to the point where we are expected to win. So it's really special for sure. You know, last the the last part of the season and, and about midway there, Jalen set out, you know, what have you seen from him this off season, And what's it been like just talking to him about, you know, next season and, and hanging in there? Yeah, I mean, he's he's fighting every day. You know, he's getting better. He's he's throwing. He's running around. And, you know, he, you know he, at the end of the day, you know how great of a leader he is, too. So he's, he's commanding. He's leading the team. And, you know, I'm really excited to see him bounce back and have a tremendous year. And, um, you know, we're all rooting for him. We all want to see him be his best. And, you know, he's definitely working towards that. And, um, yeah, like I said, it's just really special. We talk about, especially me and him with our personal talks, we talked about just how far we've come and what we can do as a as a unit, as a, you know, as a duo, you know, it's just really cool conversation that, you know, at one, t- at one point in time we weren't able to have. So it's just really cool. You, you've got Jalen back and you're back and High Shaw and all the receivers and, and some guys that took snaps at tight end and, and even some pieces in the offensive line. H- how good can this offense be? And, you know, what do you expect of it? Yeah, I mean, I we don't have any expectation when it comes to just being mediocre as offense, you know. Um, we we going into this thing thinking we're going to be the best offense in the country, and you know we're gonna we're gonna play with that type of confidence, you know. No matter, you know, obviously we lost our offensive coordinator, but you know with Coach Grimes, we still have so much confidence in what he's doing. He's built great relationships with us, and we're just super excited to see, you know, how everything's going to click in spring ball. And um, you know, we're just having those talks with the coaches, and you know, even through all the transition with the new guys, you know, we're still super confident in our group, and we know we're going to be really explosive and do what we're supposed to do. You know, talk a little bit about Jeff Grimes. What's it been getting like to know him? Did you get a chance to sit down with him when he first got here? And just tell us a little bit about, you know, your interactions with him and what you've seen from him so far. Yeah, I mean, he was a really important piece in, you know, me coming back, just understanding what it's going to be like, how he's going to use guys in the offense. And, you know, from right our first conversations, I'm like, this guy, I can really trust him. And um, he's just so genuine. He's down to earth. He really wants to get to know the guys on a deeper level and I think that's ultimately how you build trust and you know that's super big especially in this generation where you know things are just kind of moving around different every year and you know I think that was a big part in keeping everybody here is just that trust factor with him and the rest of the coaches as well and so you know super excited to play under him and see what he's got and you know like I said he's just super down to earth and we're just ready to go. You know Devin you you came back for your senior year, and I know there was a decision to make. And uh, the funniest story, remember when I bumped into you before the guaranteed rate bowl? <laughs> yep. And, and you were right outside the, the dressing room there, and I bumped into yep. you. We chatted for a second, and, and I started walking down the hall. I couldn't have been 50, 60 feet down. I was walking to the media room <laughs> to get some stuff set up, and I look on my phone, and there's an update that says Devin Neal will return for a senior year. Literally, I just talked <laughs> to you like a minute ago. Just talk Just talk about that decision on coming back. What What do you hope to leave behind in your career? And, and I know there, there's got to be some things in the record books that you're looking at that, that you can – some records you could set. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it was – obviously very complicated process and 
you know, just weighing all the options with my family, with, you know, the people who represent me and then obviously talking with the coaches and uh, the staff as well. So, um, like I said, it was, it was really complicated, but at the end of the day, you know, I really followed my heart, you know, as, as much as I understand how much of a business this whole thing is, even with going to the NFL, um, I also recognize that, you know, sometimes you've got to do things that make you happy. And um, coming back for another year with the team we're going to have is really genuinely going to make me happy. And you mentioned the record. I mean, that's something I've dreamed about um, when I first signed and when I first committed. I, I couldn't even imagine coming, getting to this point, you know, and just being so close to great legends in this program and, you know, be a part of them and having such an impact on this program. It means a lot to me. I know it means a lot to my family as well. And, you know, that, that was another important aspect to me. That's just personal though. And, you know, Coach Sleeve said something to me that really resonated with me. And, you know, it's like if I went to the NFL and I look back to ne- next year's January and, you know, we see the Jayhawks in the college football playoffs, how would I feel then, you know? And I really lo- thought about it and I was like, you know, I wouldn't be okay with that. I want to be a part of that team. So, and I really think things like that will happen for the Jayhawks this year. And, um, yeah, I mean, that's all kind of, that went into it. And, you know, I have no regrets about it. And I'm, I'm full tilt with this next season. I'm just excited to make it the best way it could be. Yeah, last question for you, Devin. What's it like coming around the complex every day and seeing that whole stadium torn down and, and you guys are working out in the in the indoor and yeah. everything? What's that been like? Yeah, I mean, it's, it, it's kind of a bittersweet moment, you know. Um, for For the most part, you understand that, you know, you played your last game in the booth and, you know, as as sad as that kind of is, um, there's also such good positive stuff from it is, is the team that we've had made this impact and it's going to affect the future generations of Jayhawks for years to come. And that, that's an even better feeling is that you left this place truly better than you found it. And, you know, the, the next generation is going to have such a great, you know, atmosphere to play at. And I'm definitely going to come back in the future and watch plenty of games here. And it's just really cool this. Uh, to see that but at the end of the day the guys are working man and we're excited to play wherever we play at and obviously we know where we're playing at but you know we're excited and you know we we lace up our cleats ready to go and you know the season can't come faster so we're ready that is Devin Neal he's going to go down as one of the greatest running backs in KU history when it's all said and done and Devin I really appreciate you joining us on the podcast yes sir no I appreciate you good talking with you all right Devin take care you too bye John, I have to ask you this. There is a lot of excitement around the KU program. Spring ball, just a few weeks away. Do you remember the last time that expectations for this, for the staff, for the program, just just the optimism was as high as it is right now? No, I mean, and and listen, that that guy right there we just listened to, Devin Neal, is one of the reasons. I mean, I thought he had. Yes, a, he is. I thought he had a great year this year. And I really thought he emerged as the guy. Okay, and I know you got Highshaw, but I mean, Devin Neal was the guy. And when you look at it, you know, I've said this, and and I know people are going to roll their eyes. This season depends on the health of Jalen Daniels. If Jalen Daniels is good to go, boy, look out. Okay, yes, you you got all your skill guys back. You've got stills. You got some good tight ends back. I know Fairchild's gone. You've got Devin Neal back. You got Heischel back. You've got I love the defensive backfields. Okay, um, mm-hmm. now, now there, there's going to be some work on the O line, but the pieces are there. Okay, Scott Fuchs is like the mad scientist. I mean, come on, who? Th- I, I still never forget. It, it was early last year when somebody said, "You know, I think Dominic Pooney might end up being the left tackle," and I kind of went, 
Dominic Pooney. I'm like, seriously? Yeah. I'm go. I'm like, seriously? Over Logan Brown? And they're well, you know, Logan Brown might be banged up and still learning the offense and coming along slowly. And I'm sitting here thinking, God, I don't know if Dominic Pooney can play left tackle. Well, ends up being Scott Fuchs knows a heck of a lot more than I do, okay? <laughs> because Dominic Pooney ended up being really good. So, you know, Fuchs is going to have to piece some things together on the O-line. You're going to have to work on the D-line. I, you know, somebody's going to have to step up at linebacker. But when you ask me about expectations, Randy, I don't remember the last time was 2009 because KU was coming off back-to-back bowl games. They were coming off an Orange Bowl win and the Insight.com Bowl win, okay? Mm-hmm. And then going into 2009, they were on a lot of teams, like a lot, lot of polls. They were ranked 24th, 24th, 23rd. Well, if you look at some of the polls that are coming out now – KU sitting like on some of these polls, 22. I think ESPN had them at 23 today. I mean, you see some of these things. They're in the top 25. So, yes, there are a lot of expectations. Um, You know, let's see what they can do in the portal this spring. I still think they'll look possibly at a D lineman. I still think a D end. I still think they'll look at a linebacker. You know, you got to replace your place kicker. So there's some things going in there. But if everything, if Jalen Daniels is healthy and everything we see on paper stays the way it is right now, I mean, I love this team. I know it, the discussion on the board's been the early Vegas number is eight and a half. I mean, when is the last time Las That's Vegas? That's what I was about to say. I mean, come on. Wow. I mean, the, we're talking KU football here, right? I mean, somebody smack me because I'm like eight and a half. Did, did they say KU's an eight-and-a-half win total on the board in Vegas right now? I don't know that that's ever happened in my lifetime that they're in with those kind of expectations. So, hey, I've got a great I've got a great feel going into the spring. I wish it would just get here. It's starting to feel like it's so far away. Mm-hmm. I agree with you completely. That is the final word on Kansas football, and that'll do it for another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We talked with Shea Wildebor on the men's basketball beat. We went into all things Kansas basketball, talked about the Jayhawks' quote-unquote struggles to this point in the season, looked ahead to the game against Oklahoma and what the Jayhawks can do with a week off to try and get their legs back under them. Then we talked Kansas football. Kirby and I looked a little bit at National Signing Day, the second signing day to talk about the high school class, looked ahead in recruiting, and welcomed the Jayhawks resident big man on campus, Devin Neal, to talk about his decision to return for his senior season in Lawrence. You are primed and ready for a big weekend of Kansas Jayhawks sports action from the men's basketball program and looking ahead finally to spring ball. Like John said, I don't know if it's ever going to get here, but we're going to try to get you there. For our man Shea Wildeboer, for my man John Kirby, I'm Randy Withers. You've been listening to another edition of the Inside Slant podcast from JayhawkSlant.com. We will talk with you again soon.